Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with spring break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. You're tuned in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Guiding your gridiron journey, none other than your host, former NFL lineman, Ross Tucker. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Tuckheads Tuesday, presented, of course, by DraftKings. Only got a couple Tuckheads Tuesdays left. Remember, after the Super Bowl, we go to three days a week in the non-playing season, as I like to call it, because there really is no offseason. But the non-playing season has started for 28 teams, including those teams trying to hire new head coaches, which is why I got my guy, Shield Kapadia, from The Ringer and Spotify. He'll join us. He has his 11 rules for hiring a head coach that I think is really interesting that he wrote recently. We are in the middle of a new week, which means we'll have a new Spread the Word winner. That's just replying to one of the live streams, a new sponsor confirmation email winner. You had a great chance if you go to westshorehome.com slash Ross for that one, or take advantage of one of the DraftKings codes. And then the YouTube shout-out is awesome, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Just reply to any video with a comment. Patron of the day, Doug Mann, M-A-N-N. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. Always great to see my friend, Shield Kapadia. He does an unbelievable job. For The Ringer and Spotify. Make sure you check him out on social media like I do, at Shield Kapadia. It's S-H-E-I-L-K-A-P-A-D-I-A. I think a lot of you already know that, but if you don't, he is one of the best in the business. And I like if memory serves, I feel like I had Shield on a few years ago for a similar topic in terms of, well, I don't know if you call him the commandment shield or what, in terms of hiring a head coach, but it's the perfect guest at the perfect time. The only two hires that have been made so far are both kind of promotions or in-house with Gerard Mayo and Antonio Pierce. So there's a bunch of teams that still need to make their outside hires. And Shield had an article that came out a couple days ago 11 rules for hiring an NFL head coach. So, um, you know, maybe we'll go through all of them, Shield, but at, at, at a minimum, 
let's start with just your impetus for writing this and sort of the research and background that you did. Yeah, I'm not, listen, I'm not the uh, foremost expert or a know-it-all. Just, you know, you talk to people around the league in these positions and uh, you follow this stuff for so long and you try to wonder how can some of these hires get made? I mean, we've seen some, you know, not to throw people under the bus, but there's been the, you know, the Urban Myers, the there, there have been coaching hires that we can all agree were disasters and did not work out. So I, and then I see the stuff with Ross, the, you know, uh, T-Mex hire search firm, you know, for a head coach. And I'm like, so I can help you out. I'm the ringer.com is free, Ross. So uh, I just thought, you know what, Let, let's take my shot at it and let's see if these make sense to people or not. I love it. What what would you say, Shiel, are a couple of the biggest mistakes that teams typically make when it comes to hiring a head coach? I always thought the dumbest thing was to just look at the team that made the Super Bowl or won the Super Bowl and hire their offensive and defense or defensive coordinator. Like uh, we know this, Russ, the randomness that goes into a team winning the Super Bowl with injuries, with schedule strength, with officiating with recovering a fumble. I mean, some great examples from this weekend, some unbelievable fumble recoveries where if they go one way or the other, we're all having a different conversation this weekend. So it's like, to me, it's like, what are the odds that those coordinators for the Super Bowl teams are actually the best possible coaches to lead your football team. Now, I get it. You know, a lot of times those are competent coaches. Uh, they've been with a winning organization. So I get the impetus, but it's like, it, it's not that simple. Like, there could be a linebackers coach for a 6-11 and 11 team who's an unbelievable coach, who's working with very little talent, who no one knows about. Like, why not try to cast a wide net? Which is why I actually don't have an issue. You know, I, I know fans get a little impatient that how come my team hasn't hired their coach yet? I think it's fine to take your time a little bit, interview as many people as you can, steal ideas when you can, uh, and try to find the best candidate. Yeah, you make a good point in the sense that a lot of times the Super Bowl team, it might be the most talented team or, or one of the most talented teams. And if you're hiring a guy, there's a decent chance it's not one of the most talented teams. So... You're bringing a guy in because he's proven that he can do well on his side of the ball with probably uh, a fairly talented roster. There aren't a lot of bad rosters that make the Super Bowl. And then you're asking him to kind of do something different, right? You're kind of asking him to show that he can coach up and turn around a, a below average roster in most of these cases, which may or may not be the same or a different skill set. Yeah, and my other thing that goes along with that, Ross, is that you're hiring like a leader. You're not hiring a schemer. Like it's a totally different job to be a great offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator and to be the head coach. I mean, how many times do we hear every, I swear, every new head coach I've ever covered in the NFL, one of the, when they're always asked, hey, what was the biggest surprise in year one? And they always start talking about, I, I didn't know all these things that come across my desk, you know, whether it's a player relationship, whether it's a coach that's uh, unhappy, whether it's dealing with scouts in the front office, whether it's the owner wanting to know, hey, I read this, you know, I read this thing about why aren't we doing this? Why aren't you doing this? Like those things are all things that head coaches need to deal with. So it really is a leadership position. I mean, you don't have to be, in my opinion, the best schemer. I mean, you need to put together a good staff. You need to find ways to give your team a schematic advantage. But it, uh, I think we forget that it's a different job. And to your point, I 
like to call it the more with less coaches. Ross, you know, like I, I want somebody who, hey, you've seen, you look at that group on paper and you say, man, that's not a top five offense or defense, but look at what that person did with them. They found ways to get more out of that group. The whole was greater than the sum of the parts because when it's the most talented group in the NFL, like you said, you know, you would expect them to get to a certain baseline level. So, so those are also things that I always like to think about. You know, it's interesting that you say that, Shield. I was just on the radio in Atlanta, and they said, we're doing second interviews with Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald and Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. Which one do you think would be a better candidate for us? And you know what I said, Shield? I, I really don't know. I, I mean, I've spoken to Mike McDonald twice. To my knowledge, I've never spoken with Ben Johnson they both clearly have done outstanding jobs with their sides of the ball, the defense in Baltimore, the offense in Detroit. But I feel like it would be a mistake for me to give you a strong answer because I do think it's about leadership. I, I do think it's about how they carry themselves, the staff they can put together. And look, I have to answer the question some way, I guess, but um, I think it's a good point that to just look at their scheme or what they do on one side of the ball. If you really don't know these guys, it's hard to really know what kind of head coach they would be. Yeah, I, I, I've done interviews for this column, and I get asked the same thing. Okay, well, now that you've got your 11 guidelines – Who's the best candidate out there? I don't know. Like, I'm not in the interview rooms. Uh, I haven't, you know, spoken to people about how they command a room. What are they like on a Monday morning, whether the team won or lost? If the team lost, is that everyone walking around on eggshells? Like, oh, you know, it's a volatile um, head coach, and, and we got to watch out now. Is there finger pointing? Uh, you know, Ross, I can't stand when coaches give their reasoning for mistakes or losses as execution by the players. Like literally the first line, in my opinion, of the job description of a coach is to help the players execute. Like if you can't get the players to execute, what are we paying you for? You know, it's like the, old, the Don Draper meme for Mad Men. Like that's literally what the money's for. That's what you're getting paid for. Um, and then it comes around draft season and you hear all this stuff about, oh, you know, this quarterback didn't take snaps under center. This corner didn't play uh, press coverage. This wide receiver didn't run a full route tree. It's like, Yet your job is to help them learn these things that they do not have, uh, that they, the skills they do not possess as a 21, 22-year-old. Like, that's literally what your job is. So uh, I like coaches who understand what their jobs are. I've heard Mike Tomlin talk about the, this in uh, various interviews he's done, and he just talks about how coaches don't listen. Like, they just, you know, they don't listen to what the players are saying. They don't understand that their jobs are to help these, uh, help the players, to help them execute, to, to hone these skills. And so that's another big thing uh, I look for. Like, do you know what your job, your job is not to just go out there and talk to the media and call plays and call a couple timeouts. Like, there's so much more to it. You know, it's interesting, Sheil, um, because the one thing I did say to the guys in Atlanta is that everyone wants the offensive guru, right? Everybody, every owner is looking for that. So if you hire Mike McDonald as your D coordinator and he brings in an offensive coordinator, I'm sorry, you hire Mike McDonald as your head coach and he brings in an offensive coordinator that has success, there's a pretty good chance that that guy's going to get a head coaching job somewhere else, which I do think is a negative. I, I do think 
Uh, I'll get to the Shanahan tree in a second in terms of just how fruitful it has been. But I would say if I were an owner, I would want, if I could get it, you know, the Andy Reid, uh, LaFleur, Shanahan, McVay model where my head coach is also the offensive play caller. So I'm not in danger of having happen what happened maybe with the Eagles where they lose Shane Steichen and having to deal with that. I think that would be preferable. And I can see why that's why owners would want it. Probably save money too. You probably don't have to pay through the nose for some offensive coordinator who's not calling the plays anyway. That, that You got to think on some level, Shield, that that's ideal, right? I, mean, I know that's not Belichick or Vrabel or some of these guys or Pete Carroll that have had a lot of success. But I still think, man, that's a that would probably be preferable if you can get it. I think that's the be- best path to sustain success because we know the rules in the NFL now. Uh, everything favors offense. It's really hard to play defense. I mean, we can look at who the top five defenses are this year, and I bet if we talk uh, at the same time next year, those top five defenses, there's going to be a lot of turnover. At the same time, we can talk about the top five offenses this year, and guess what? Next year, I bet we're still talking about the Chiefs. I bet we're still talking about the – so you can sustain offense easier. So much of it is the play caller and the quarterback. And so, yes, I, agree, I totally agree with you there. You know, it's not to say – there's no absolutes. It's not, hey, never hire uh, a defensive coach or a CEO-type coach or a special teams coach. If you can find that sort of offensive mastermind – and by the way, it's got to be someone who can adapt – and evolve because the schemes we're talking about today might not be the schemes we're talking about next year. We know this in the NFL that everything goes in cycles and stuff gets figured out and there's a lot of smart defensive coaches. And so, and he, you know, it, my preference is always, Hey, has this person coached in various schemes? Have they shown an ability to adapt and evolve? But yeah, I would agree with you there. I mean, even if you get a defensive coach who has a great plan, like you said, for an offensive coordinator, if that, person has success a year from now you're talking about replacing them so if I were interviewing a defensive coach or a special teams coach I would want to know what's the pipeline what's your plan for that scenario who's your quarterbacks coach who's your you know who are your other assistants on offense are these people who can grow in to that role I mean Ben Johnson you mentioned Ross he was what the tight ends coach right for you know and I remember before he, he was the offensive coordinator for the Lions going into that year it was like who is calling the plays for the Detroit Lions? Like, who is this guy? Never heard of him. And now here we are talking about him as one of the, you know, the best, um, you know, potential head coaching candidates in the NFL. One of the ways I've adapted, Shield, I don't have to worry about food while I'm watching the games. I make it easy on myself. I order it on DoorDash. Now I can watch the games, maybe root for my even money bets while my food and drinks are on the way. That means burgers, chips, dips, soda, pizza, wings, so much more delivered straight to my door. What about, Shield, the Shanahan tree? Because I said this, I mean, you look at the Niners, you look at what McVay did this year, LaFleur exceeding expectations, almost knocking off the Niners, certainly Mike McDaniel, what he's been able to do, and even Bobby Slowick in Houston, and what he did with C.J. Stroud as a rookie, it's got to be very, very tempting when you look at the success of the coaches from that tree, and I don't know if you want to give them credit for D'Amico Ryans or not, but because that's the defensive side of the ball, but I'm talking more the offensive side, and in particular what Slowick did with C.J. Stroud and the Texans, I feel like, Shield, you got to at least interview Slowick or anybody 
from that Shanahan tree at this point. Yeah, I think you have to make sure, like, like when you are looking for something like that, does this person, you know, it's not just enough to have coached under a Kyle Shanahan or uh, whatever, Sean McVay. You know, that's always been the fad, like in press releases. Remember, I think it was Cliff Kingsbury. The Cardinals actually in their press release said, like, no, this guy's friends with Sean McVay. It's like coaching doesn't just, you know, I could hang out with these coaches for a couple of years. I'm not going to be a great play caller uh, in a couple of years. So you have to make sure, does that person, did it actually rub off on them? Do they have abilities to adapt and evolve from that scheme? I think there are, there's stuff with those schemes that you know obviously is working really well right now the under center uh play action stuff the motion stuff uh, uh, all all these things we're seeing and all those schemes you know there are differences to all of them there's no doubt about it but the base is pretty fundamentally sound and defenses have had a really hard time dealing with them right now so yeah i again i just want to like reiterate that's the that's the thing right now like you when you hire a coach you're hoping that person's going to be there for a while. So it's not just enough to know uh, that one scheme. It's like, all right, when defenses come up with an answer, then what are you going to be able to do? Do you have that, you know, that knowledge, uh, that bandwidth, that mindset where you can come up with the plan B so much about coaching is plan B and then plan C and then plan D and then plan E. I mean, we see that year in and year out, but yeah, I would agree what those guys have done this year. Um, it's really been a, a big part of the story of the season. You know, I think it's interesting, Shiel, just fast-forwarding now a little bit to the conference championship games with you. When I watch the Lions, I I don't believe Ben Johnson has any overlap with the Shanahan tree or coach under them, but they look like he does. They, They play like he does. I mean, it's a lot of under center play action. It's a lot of first down play action. It, it's um, it's beautiful. I love it. You know, I can tell you, Shield, first and 10, if you run play action, there's typically so, especially if you're having some success running, you don't have to, but they're so geared up to stop the run that the first second and a half, at least, if you sell the run hard, they're playing the run. And so by the time they transition rush, Transition rush is really hard. It's not like a one-on-one. It's not like you pin your ears back. You're, it's hard to go from playing the run to, okay, now I'm going to rush the quarterback. It's one of the reasons why on these first down play actions, golf has as much time as he could ever want. And you just can't stay with Amon Ra and some of these guys as much. I, I, it, if, I, if I were a head coach or if I was any coach, I'd be like, listen, the more first down play action, the better, period. Because – it's what any offensive lineman would tell you they want. Yeah, and in addition to what you mentioned, then it's just the personnel aspect of it too, right? I mean, defenses might have those run-stuffing defensive tackles on the field. They might uh, be in base. They might have a linebacker who's not going to be out there on third down, uh, be there in early downs. And then it comes down to where do you want to attack? I mean, all those offenses we mentioned, the middle of the field, they are just masters at giving their quarterbacks uh, options in the middle of the field, getting their wide receivers, their tight ends the ball uh, with an opportunity to pick up yards after 
after the catch. I mean, we saw that over and over again with the Detroit Lions uh, this last week. So, yeah, there, there's no doubt about it that that can give you an edge. Again, those you're just looking for those little edges, those little buttons you can push to make life easier uh, for your quarterback, uh, for your wide receivers, for your offensive line, like you mentioned. And I think that's kind of been a recurring theme uh, with these offenses, that they've been able to find those little things uh, to, to give their teams a little bit of an edge. Shield, any thoughts? Uh, what, what's your initial thoughts on the two conference championship matchups? You don't need to make a prediction necessarily. Just kind of what what about these games interests you? Yeah, you know, with, with uh, Chiefs-Ravens, I can't wait to watch this Ravens defense ag- against the Chiefs. I mean, Ross, I, I like four or five weeks ago, I was saying – it's not going to happen for the Chiefs. I had just seen too many mistakes. I thought, you know, with this wide receiving group, uh, they're not going to be able to win three games in the playoffs to get to the Super Bowl without those guys making making mistakes uh, with their offensive tackle situation. And now here we are, a game away, and the Chiefs might get back there. But, you know, we talked about Mike McDonald, and what I love about their defense is it doesn't have to be the same thing every week. Depending on the opponent, you know, they can play uh, too high if they need to they can be aggressive and blitz if they need to they really have fe- you know been able to adjust based on the opponent and so that matchup between a Ravens defense really the only defense that made that Niners offense look that bad I, I know the Browns did it uh, and the Packers held up pretty well last week but just that Ravens defense I mean they've answered almost every test this season against Patrick Mahomes as an underdog who just wins every time the guy's an underdog, he's finding a way. I mean, that is number one on my list of things uh, that I can't wait to watch on Sunday. Going to be awesome. I will be on the sideline. Need to figure out exactly what clothes I'm going to wear to try to get as much TV time as I possibly can. That's my little game. Uh, check him out on social media for sure. At Shield Capadia. Does a terrific job for The Ringer and Spotify awesome articles and of course does a good job on the podcast front as well shield thank you so much for the time man really really appreciate it always fun ross thanks for having me really enjoyed talking with shield what i really don't enjoy is knowing that heart attack risk can more than double when your home team is playing you guys can probably imagine that that's why i'm encouraging all sports fans to learn about their personal heart risk factors they can keep their hearts in the game Heart, rate, heart disease is the number one cause of death in the U.S. due to the often invisible risk factors. One in five heart attacks occur with no recognizable signs or warning. Moreover, having conditions such as diabetes or high blood pressure can increase your chance of a heart attack by up to 2x. To help educate on those risks, Bear Aspirin created the Bear Aspirin Heart Health Risk Assessment Tool. The tool quickly assesses an individual's personal risk of developing cardiovascular disease so that they can discuss their heart health risk factors with a healthcare professional as part of ongoing health management. Learn more and assess your risk factors at checkyourheartrisks.com. Tux takes. All right, Ross, we'll talk about we got Raiders are hiring Antonio Pierce. Raiders are hiring Antonio Pierce as their head coach full-time while the Titans have pegged Bengals offense coordinator Brian Callahan as their new head coach. No surprise on Antonio Pierce. If you remember, I wrote my column for the 33rd team back in November, shortly after he got the interim gig, saying he would be the permanent head coach because I just did not think that Mark Davis would make the same mistake twice. 
he is not making the same mistake twice. So kudos to Antonio, former teammate of mine, 0102 in Washington. As for the Brian Callahan uh, hire in Tennessee, that's an interesting one. And what I'm going to write about this week for the 33rd team because the Bengals, I mean, the Titans, they're not even taking the time to wait to interview guys like Ben Johnson or Mike McDonald in person because you can't until next week. So that's interesting. They feel like there's a sense of urgency. And I can talk more about that in the 33rd team, but uh, clearly they feel like they needed to make that move now. And there's a bunch of reasons, right? There were other teams that wanted a second interview with Callahan. So he must be impressive, and they wanted to lock him up before he went and visited other teams for second ones. Plus, these teams want to start to get to work on their assistants and their coaching staff, which makes sense. A couple other personnel moves. The Eagles fire defensive coordinator Sean Desai. The Bears are hiring Shane Waldron as their new OC. And the Panthers are hiring Dan Morgan as the general manager. Dan Morgan was a first-round pick the year I was an undrafted rookie free agent. We came in the same year. Shane Waldron, that's a good hire by the Bears. Other people would have hired him, but they got to get their head coaches first. So it's a good job by the Bears to give him this opportunity so he doesn't have to wait and see what else happens. And as for Desai, I think we all kind of saw that coming. Just like we all saw it coming that you were going to order DiGiorno this weekend. Because whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game-time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, other toppings, comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. While you're eating your DiGiorno, that's Labatt Blue Light time. Drink some Labatt Blue Lights while you're eating pizza or watching football or whatever this weekend or night. I don't care. With your friends, live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. We did have one uh, signing, player signing too, Jack. Zach Ertz, former Eagles and Cardinals tight end who had been waiting for an opportunity like this. Brock Wright looks like he's out for the NFC Championship game. Zach Ertz in for the Lions. When's the last time a guy got signed for the conference championship game? Good for Zach. It'll be fun to watch him in a Lions uniform on Sunday. Other than that, I think we're done here. Thanks for tuning in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also check out Even Money, Fantasy Feast, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network on Samsung TV+, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. But we're not done here because I want you to know that myfrontpagestory.com is the single best Valentine's Day gift I'm aware of. Get them something unique. Get them something special. Get them a personally written story all about how amazing they are. Myfrontpagestory.com. Backofficeschedule.com, steakhousesports.com, humanheadnyc.com, sportaculture, and pizza boy brewing.